was intriguing and me and my brothers um, were the type of kids that were really smart but we didn't excel in school and so um, I knew from a younger age that I I didn't like that but I really liked seeing this other family and how they had opportunities to do things that I really didn't get to do interesting and so um, you started out your homeschool while your children were still young you have three daughters and a son yeah right? Yeah. Well, they were still before they started school, right? Yes. So I, I always knew that I was going to homeschool. Uh huh. Is that something you and your husband talked about? Um, I think that he was just okay with whatever I wanted to okay. do. <laughs> Good supportive guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. What have you found is works with homeschooling? What's really effective? Um, just kind of listening to the child and what they are ready for. Um, you know, when, when my oldest was, was first born, you know, I, I was, you know, really gung ho and like, oh yeah, I have to start them when they're two and really get them into it. And over time, I, I just realized more and more that, you know, if she wasn't interested or ready, it wasn't going to happen. And mm -hmm. so as they've gotten older, I've just paid more attention to what their interests are and what I feel like they're ready for. And then I just, just talk to them about it. And, and it's nice because we can go at our own pace and, um, do what, what they want to do. So I, I like that concept of following their interests. They're definitely, you're, anyone is much more motivated to study, learn about something that they're interested in. But I also understand from talking to you, this does not mean that they're behind. When you say go at their own pace, that doesn't that doesn't mean slower. No, no, not at all. Um, actually, you know, my, my seven-year-old, she's been reading um, for, for a while, but my, um, my five-year-old's actually been reading. Um, she's, she's still learning, but she's been taking lessons because she saw her older sister doing it. Uh -huh. So, you know, she wouldn't even be in school right now because of where her birthday falls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and she's reading beginner books because she's, she's ready and she's interested. She knows how to write her name. She writes full sentences. Um, you know, she's often just writing. And I actually didn't make her do that. She just started doing it because she saw her sister doing it uh -huh. and she wanted to do it too. So she's ahead of where she would be because she wouldn't even be in school yet. That's true. That's true. And reading is, is so vital. I, I understand if a child enjoys reading, they're naturally, they do it's much easier to do well in school. Yeah. Oh, you pointed out some of the things you felt don't work as if you're trying to push them too hard or yeah and and that's the nice thing i found is um you know i i hear stories from other parents about how their kids misbehaving in class or they're not they're not getting this concept or that concept and and i also i, I teach art lessons here and there and it's the same thing with those students that if we come across a concept that's just they're just not ready for we can stop and take a step back and you know approach it a different way or, you know, I can give them that one-on-one -on -one attention that fits their personality. Um, you know, my kids, I was kind of teaching them about money and I found that they weren't understanding me just saying, oh, this is a quarter, you know? Uh -huh. So then I introduced the concept of, well, you know, a quarter means four and here's a, what a quarter means in music and here's what it means when you're oh. using measuring cups. And, you know, so now they understand, oh, it's called a quarter because it's, you take four of them to make a dollar. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to stop and, and find, okay, what way works for this kid? 
And that's really hard to do in a classroom of 25, 30 students. Yeah, if they, if they don't get it, um, I'm not sure what they do. Um, you know, but I've heard how they, you know, either have to take the kid aside and have them work with somebody mm -hmm, independently mm -hmm. or they try and encourage the parent to work with them or something like that. And, um, and I think that it's, it's really stressful on the student if they're not quite getting it. You know, it's, it's hard. Well, it sounds like you really enjoy being able to have this time with your children. And you can see it's an advantage to them because as their mother, you understand you probably have a very clear picture of how they learn and what they're interested yeah. in. Yeah, well, and it surprises me sometimes. Something oh. that I, I think that they will take to, they, they don't. And other things, oh. they'll, they'll just blossom in. And I'm like, I would never have guessed that. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, children have a way of surprising us, don't they? Yeah. So what are, the, what are some of the activities you've done with your children in homeschool? Um, well, we, we do music time. I just went and bought you know, some inexpensive, like, you know, maracas and the tapping sticks and stuff like that. And so we'll just mess with rhythm. I'll do a rhythm and they copy it. Um, you know, the same, we get play money and, and a lot of it, I, I love just letting them play. Uh -huh. So the other day we did sandwich shop, you know, <laughs> so, sandwich so shop. yeah, we, <laughs> tell me about that. um, so that's where, you know, we just had the play money and we had, um, I just slowly collected things from like thrift stores. Uh -huh. So, um, I found like this old, like little tyke or something like chalkboard. Uh -huh. And so they're able to write, you know, they've named it like. Um, the Larson sandwich shop or something like that. Uh -huh. And then they could write all the things that they had in their, they had a place that somebody gave them. And so they were like, you know, lettuce, five cents, you uh -huh. know, and uh -huh. it's obviously not a realistic, you yeah. know, but, but still, but uh -huh. they, they pretended that they had a little, you know, they had a jewelry box that they turned into a, a cash register and they'd come up and they'd place the order and they'd, you know, add up by fives what their sandwich would be, and then they'd build it. And so they're not only learning how to use money, but they're having this fun playing, and then they're also learning those social skills of, you know, how to be polite and what's the right questions to ask and ask if they need anything, um, you know, and then they get to, you know, work on their motor skills, putting these sandwiches together and stuff like that. So, but it's just all fun and play, and then when... When they've had enough, it's it's just like any other game. You're just you're done, and you pack it up. And okay, what mm, what game are we going to play now? <laughs> I love it. So you're you're playing a game with them, but you're covering math, yeah. fine motor skills, yeah, <laughs> social studies, and they don't even know it. And they, <laughs> <laughs> that's like taking their vitamins without even realizing yeah. it. <laughs> Awesome. So how, what benefits have you noticed? I, I've, I've observed them. They're very polite, well-behaved children, and they seem to be happy and yeah. know how to, inter, you know, they're, they're kind to each other. What other benefits have you noticed? Um, well, I'm able to see when they're struggling and they're kind of acting out. You know, because they're with me, I can tell, okay, there's something in this environment that oh. is upsetting them, uh -huh. you know, so I can figure out, okay, are they not getting enough alone time? Because, you know, we're, we're kind of a big family in a little bit mm -hmm. of a smaller space. They do share a room. Uh -huh. Um, you know, so is it that they're not getting enough alone time? Is it that they're not getting enough time with their parents? You know, I can, you know, what did they sleep well? And I mean, I know other parents can do this too, but for me, it's like, I'm in control of this environment and I can tell where they're struggling and we can adjust things to help them with that. So you don't have to worry about going to 
a parent-teacher conference and making sure the teacher understands how yeah, your child learns. Yeah, there's none of that. It's you're, you're, you've got it. <laughs> yeah. You've got it. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I'm really impressed with is you're not only a homeschool mother, but you're also a writer. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> now, tell me, I you've written some books, and you're in the process of writing more. It's a series? Yes, it's a series. Tell us about it. Well, it's a, a series of retold fairy tales, and my purpose in writing them, because there, there are a lot of retold fairy tales, and they're all wonderful and fantastic, um, but I come from a lot of different um, experiences, like my, my parents' um, there was a bit of emotional abuse here and there. Mm -hmm. And I grew up feeling very disconnected and feeling unloved and feeling very alone. And so when I took on, um, you know, I, I always knew that I wanted to be an author, but I always thought, well, I can't, I can't. Like, you, there's some magical reason, like, yeah, you know. You have to really be somebody <laughs> yeah, special. Yeah, that there's about, some, uh -huh. you know, some magical formula. You have to be Charles Dickens or something. Uh-huh. And, um... You know, so when I wrote my first book in college, I actually wrote it kind of as a, a venting for me of, you know, my feelings and, and about the abuse. And I said it with um, the Rapunzel story because that's oh. that's a story that's just completely about emotional abuse. You know, this horrible witch that's keeping locked this little girl locked away. Mm -hmm. And um, and I tried to make it more realistic because when I read fairy tales to escape growing up, um, it was they you always had this magical element of well the fairy godmother comes in and rescues them yeah and I was like well what if you don't have that you know uh -huh, uh -huh. and so I wrote the book so that um, you know one is it's entertaining but two the the children or young adults really reading them would understand that they aren't alone and they're not the only one experiencing this and kind of have mm -hmm. that affirmation of okay you know this character's feeling it and they got through it maybe I can too. And that was kind of the theme with my series is trying to find these, um, use these fairy tales to, to help people or, or young people um, understand that they're not alone, mm -hmm. you know, and that they can get through it and, and find their own inner strengths. So you started writing when you were in college? I, I wrote my first, the novel that is now published in college. I mm -hmm. kind of dabbled before, mm -hmm. you know, but then I wrote this one book and I, I shared it with my best friend and she was like, oh, I think you've got something here. Mm -hmm. And then my, my now husband, he was my boyfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, he was in boot camp and I, I sent him chapters at a time and, uh -huh. and his, uh, they were like, wow, what's your girlfriend doing? You know, writing a book. And he's like, actually, yes, yes, she is. <laughs> you know, um, but he read it while he was at boot camp and, and he said the same thing. He's like, I think you've got something here. And, uh -huh. And so I, I pursued it, and, and now that one's out, and I have a second one out, and um, and I'm working on my third, so. All right, so where do people find your book? Oh, they can go to um, Amazon, and uh, the first one is called Growing Amaranth, and the second one is Unmasking Cassandra. Unmasking Cassandra. Yeah, and that's the Cinderella retelling. That's the Cinderella retelling, and the, what was the first one The again? Growing Amaranth. Growing Amaranth. Yeah. Do you want to spell? <laughs> um, it's like the, the grain, um, A-M-A-R-A-N-T-H, I think. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so it's like the okay. grain. Okay, and that's the Rapunzel? Yeah, and that's the Rapunzel. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. And they're available on Amazon. Yeah. Great. That's a lot of talent, Tony. Oh, thanks. 
What advice do you have for parents who might be considering homeschool? Um, you know, I knew that I was going to do it from the beginning. And even then, I overwhelmed myself. Oh. And, you know, the advice I would give is just take it slow. Uh-huh. Um, there are so many years that they have to learn, and children are sponges. So it's okay if you just start off small. You start with, a, you know, one thing here or there, and you just figure out what works for you and your family. And everybody does it differently. Um, it's just finding what what works with you and your routine and what you want your children to learn. And it's okay if they don't learn every single little thing that they would in school, as long as they're, you know, they're strong, healthy, happy children, they'll grow into strong, healthy, happy adults. Well, you know, a lot of parents consider homeschool after their child has had, um, has attended public school and have gone through some of the experiences that you had. And the parent is concerned about, you know, the child being in the situation where they're feeling anxious and frustrated. So that idea of starting small would be very key. I mean, you started yeah. out homeschooling, but if yeah. you... Well, um, they, they kind of have a phrase that I've heard other homeschool parents use who did public school for a while, and that's kind of like, to school detox. Okay. And that's just a step away from, like, that school routine and let the child kind of recover from, uh-huh. you know, being in this strict environment that maybe they didn't work well in yeah. and just allowing them to breathe and be free for a little bit. Uh-huh. And, you know, don't push them to, like, keep up that strict structure, but just let them be free and let them be kids. And yeah. and they'll, they'll come around. They're going to learn when they're ready to learn. And, yeah. you know, they're not, they're not going to stop. They, they do want to continue. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I've, you know, all all children, I firmly believe, want to learn. They may not be interested in the activity that an adult is trying to get them do yeah. to do at that time. Yeah. But they do want to learn. Yeah. It's just and finding finding their way, like yes. what works for them. Awesome. I love it. Well, Tony, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining me and. This is Emily and Ron, hoping you have a great day. with me today, I'd like to introduce you to Erin Tavider. Erin has been a therapist for four years, and he has worked with uh, youth from as young as 13 to adult age in a variety of er- areas. And Erin, tell us about your background. Uh, so I'm a marriage and family therapist, so we're, I'm have a lot of systems approaches. Uh, I've worked as a wilderness guide. I've worked at proctor care. I've worked uh, residential care. I worked at a drug and alcohol program for adults. And I've enjoyed every one of them. And I worked with you, Erin, when you were 